This is the Becoming a Better Man podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Wright, where we talk about real men with real feelings, all sharing our search to become the best version of ourselves possible and what it takes to get us there. going on guys welcome back to another episode of the becoming a better man podcast i'm your host dr jason wright and this week is a very special guest episode that will be one that you need to make sure that you go ahead and just save it right now like just pause the episode save it real quick and then go back and finish the rest of it uh because it's going to be a real wisdom dropper uh with me this week is ben mcclellan ben's a husband a father of three and a business consultant who helps owners deliver amazing client experiences, and become empowered CEOs. Ben, welcome to the show. Yeah, Jason, thanks for having me, man. Uh, you know, I always love to, to have these conversations, but, um, you know, I, I also just want to say thank you. You know, I appreciate the invite and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. I'm, I know for a fact it's going to be incredible. So um, if you might or may not remember this, but the last time that we spoke, aside from being like a few different uh, Facebook interactions was, was actually our first time speaking to each other. It was about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was just starting out in this whole like virtual personal training and coaching stuff. I'd been doing it all in person. And I was trying to get this, this virtual stuff going and a mutual friend had connected the two of us because mm-hmm. you were looking, I think to, to transition this new horizon that you're yeah. on with your life. And you had a couple of clients you were trying to figure out what to do with. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I remember that actually. I had, um, yeah, it's funny. I, so I had a yoga and personal training studio for six and a half years and I was a, you know, a trainer for eight and a half or nine years, but I had, even while I was doing other things, I had these few clients that like, were just, would just like, Hey, can we still work with you, please? We know you're not doing it anymore. But, and I just got to a point where I was like, you know, I, I just can't anymore. And that's, yeah, that's, that's where we got connected. That's funny. I remember that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's, it, it's honestly like a true testament into what you're doing now, uh, because it really relates in how you create that, that raving fan, uh, sort of scenario. And we'll, we'll touch on it here in a second, but I just want to kind of drop that little nugget about, how you create this experience for your clients and help others do the same, that yeah. it almost becomes like a uh, dependent, but in a really good way relationship. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 100%. But, uh, but yeah, but that being said, um, I've sensed a, a commonality in each other that's rooted in very intentional actions and being as authentic and true to ourselves as much as possible. How did you become, so grounded and focused on your purpose of who you are and strive to be as a man um, who's also a husband, a father, and a business owner. Did you have a role model or a template to follow and guide you all along? Or is this something you had to learn the hard way? Yeah. You know, man, I mean, what, what comes to mind is my mom, uh, honestly, excuse me. And, um, you know, she, I won't go too deep into it, but, uh, but, you know, she got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was like six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was a woman of faith. Uh, she, you know, at least my perception of her was that she had a lot of wisdom, but she was also um, very caring and nurturing of others. Like I kind of watched people that would not not pay her, but they would really come to her as like their advisor um, and just kind of watching as 
you know, she had a lot of health challenges, but, but that never stopped her from, you know, taking amazing care of us and, and, you know, taking care of our needs. She was a single mom. Um, but also like that willingness to give and to guide others. Um, and so I, I, I learned a lot from her. Uh, but even, uh, if we look at like her health challenges, you know, really kind of learning that lesson of, Hey, look, I can only give what I have an abundance of. And so I've got to take care of me first, which is where I, I think a lot of us who tend to be quote unquote givers or go givers, if you will, um, you know, we, we can sometimes get into to trouble if, if we're just trying to give and we're not taking care of ourselves first. So uh, to, to sum it up, I would say, yeah, my mom was a great example. Yeah. It's crazy how much uh, you can learn about, how to be a, a real man from your mom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially in the absence of having a, an actual man there to look up to. So that's, that's awesome. I had a similar experience and uh, it's, it's a really interesting Testament, you know, that we can give to them and how they showed us true strength, uh, true ability to multitask and make sure everybody was taken care of. Um, and, you know, it, it goes into this next topic of, you know, you sound like it's fair to say that in order to effectively, you know, lead others and influence others in your life, you have to be able to lead yourself. Um, how does that look? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's funny. And I look at leadership as those two areas. It's self-leadership and it's the leadership of others and self-leadership being like all of the foundations, right? So that's, um, uh, wellness, you know, both physical and mental wellness, um, I would even put in there, you know, spiritual wellness. Um, and, and I think for each of us, it's going to look a little different. You know, if you start hearing people saying like, Hey, my path up the mountain is the best path. Yeah. You know, that those are the people I tend to run away from, you know? Uh, and I think that's, that's something that I've also been fortunate to experience is, you know, my mom was a born again Christian. Um, I've studied, you know, yoga and, uh, Taoism and, and different things. And, and I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm religious necessarily, but I've been exposed to a lot of different religions and spiritual paths it, in a way that allows me to look at things holistically. Um, and, and so, you know, you kind of asked, well, how does that self-leadership look? I, I think there's many pieces, right? Uh, but we don't have to subscribe to, hey, this is the way. I think I think the place to start is to go, hey, what do I as an individual need uh, to do daily, weekly, monthly uh, in order to be able to show up effectively for others? I think that's a simple way to approach it. Mm. Yeah. So simple yet so hard. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's but but you you laid it out there beautifully in that, you know, there really is no surefire way. Like it's, it's about trying to understand and identify the structure. And as long as you have the structure, then you can like almost modulate, interchange the different pieces and components of it to try and figure out like, how can this be person specific while also still kind of generally helping you get towards that ultimate goal that so many other people share, um, whether that be health, happiness, wealth, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and Honestly, man, I'll tell you that I think one of the the um, things we could spend our time on that gives you the greatest ROI is developing self-awareness. Because 
if you understand like your internal construct and that's, there's many ways to view that, right? Like, it's like, what are the parts of me? Well, there's this child part and there's this protector part and, you know, and, and that kind of work, I mean, it can take years, you know, I've done, I've worked with therapists, I've done, you know, yoga and meditation for 12 years. And it's not like, there's no quick path, I don't think. Um, But for me, like I see these things translate in my work with clients and when I'm a dad and a husband and a friend, all of that. And at the root of it, it's like, wow, the time I spend becoming more self-aware, the the ROI in that is just, it's immeasurable, immeasurable, you know? Um, and so, you know, that's, that practice, I would say for all of us is, is, you know, uh, the highest return that we could get. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing how many of us um, really have no true sense of ourself and who we are and how we respond to things and when we're doing this versus that. Because, uh, you know, there's so many times I've, I've gone through different kind of uh, coaching programs and things like that in the past where it's like, you know, ask your people what they want. Look, here's my experience. Most of them don't really know what they want, but it's like yeah. me when I go into the store, I'll know it when I see it, you know. <laughs> Yep, hundred percent. Um, you you credit a lot of that that growth and that personal development to yoga and meditation. Um, what what is it really about that combination in your experience of the physical, mm-hmm. the mental, and the spiritual for whatever that looks like uh, into creating a more polished version of yourself in your daily practice? Yeah, so um, I've really become a student of energy, I'll say, and. Um, You know, I studied with a teacher early on. I studied with him for many years uh, in the yoga realm. But his whole approach was based on energy. And, you know, one of the the things he said that really stuck to me was he said, you know, the way you experience life is actually a direct reflection of your energetic landscape. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. And, and so he essentially was like, if you don't like the way you're experiencing the world, then find a way to like shift your energy, right? And for some people that might be CrossFit and for other people, it might be hiking in nature. And, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to shift your energy. Uh, you know, coffee shifts your energy, right? Um, and so that for me, when you, when you ask about, well, what, what is it about yoga and meditation? One, like physical yoga helps me just to be able to shift my energy. And I was fortunate to study and understand it in a way of like, well, if my energy is this way and I want it to be this way, well, this is the type of physical practice I'm going to do. And it's actually somewhat like scientific without being done in a, you know, in a lab. Um, So that's like a pretty handy tool to have. And then the meditation piece, you know, it's, you're essentially like holding up the mirror. And so if you can sit there for five or 10 or 40 minutes, like whatever the, the amount of time is, but if you can sit there and just be with your thoughts and yourself and, allow yourself to see past all of that kind of superficial stuff. To me, it, it, it gives you an anchor to where you visit that anchor time and time and time again. And, you know, the changes that we all experience don't become so disruptive, disruptive. Right. And, you know, last thing I'll say on that, um, my teacher also said, look, everything's always changing. Your thoughts are changing. Your body's changing. Your relationship's changing. The world is changing. And so 
one thing we can be guaranteed is that there will be change. And so if we spend time each day dealing with uh, handling change more effectively, especially the change we don't want, it's going to lead to a nicer experience of life. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's true. You really can't, there's no way to avoid it. And I think there's a lot of us who, who tend to try and find one, what's the, what's the fastest way to do this? And, (laughs) and can you do it for me? No. Um, What's the fastest way to do this? How can I make it to where I'm essentially able to avoid any and all forms of conflict? And how can I make it to where life's just much easier? Mm-hmm. And, and usually like they're, they're not willing to or be ready to see the other side of it in that, um, it's going to take way longer than you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a, on your path to doing this, you're going to probably find more shit thrown at you and, <laughs> and, and it's not, you know, how to avoid it. It's now, how do I avoid it setting me back and putting me down at rock bottom again? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Like I, I work with entrepreneurs and business owners and um, you know, we set targets, right? Because Mm -hmm. you have to have somewhere that you're going, Mm -hmm. but what I find time and time again, and I've even experienced this, which is kind of funny. um, It's like you hit the goal and you're like, "Eh, okay. (laughs) Right. And you, you have enough of those experiences where you hit the goal and it's kind of like, well, cool. I did the thing. What's next. That experience of hitting the goal and not feeling like, wow, everything's so different. I think that is what can create the space for us to understand that whole, you know, it's like fall in love with the process or, you know, uh, enjoy the journey, like those kinds of statements. It's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. How do I do that? Right. I think you have to have the experience of hitting the goal and kind of feeling like, well, eh, no big deal. Like, you know, it's not the feeling I thought I was going to have that brings you to that, like falling in love with the step and the journey and, and the process. Mm. Yeah, there. I mean, there's really no way that I found because if you would have told me um, even six months before, like I hit what one of my versions of rock bottom was and probably the same for you. And you've been like, oh, if you do this and you do this, like you'll be able to deal with it better, you know, lessen the the, the decline that you're falling off of. And I'd be like, ah, yeah, not really interested in that. And then it, like, it really takes like kind of sitting down in it and looking around and be like, this sucks. I've got to do something different. Yeah. Yep. Man. Okay. Um, so that's, that's an interesting thing that you touched on too about, you know, cause you do, you work with entrepreneurs, um, you know, everybody from the outside seems to have this vision of entrepreneurship where you're, uh, an effective leader. You've got your house in order, whether it be in the business or at home, and everything's going well. You've figured out everything. You're reading your 60 books a month. You're, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you, you don't have any financial stress. Like all your relationships are great because you finally got money and this house and this lifestyle. Would, would you be willing to say that it's probably one of the uh, least served groups of people when it comes to their own like mindset and personal development and physical development it is what, sorry, I, I kind of missed yeah. the question. So is, is what group under the, the group of entrepreneurs? Um, you know, it, it's a good question, man. Um, I don't know that they're, 
underserved. I think, you know, there's, there's different things. I'll try and hit some, some different pieces. Cause I've been, you know, I haven't been in the high ticket world space forever. Um, but I've been in it for, you know, three plus years now. Um, and I, I see a few different things. One, I see this surge of, um, people of integrity starting to win in the high ticket space, which is amazing. Right. And, and so I want to acknowledge that first, because I think sometimes we can get into this place of like all the gurus and kind of trashing it. Right. And even me personally, I'm not, I'm not uh, throwing blame there, but I, I still think there's a lot of confusion being created in, in, and I'm immersed in this space. I'm sure it happens in other industries, but the confusion I think is that people sell a dream, right? Mm. And I think that <clears throat> that's fine. Uh, and that's, that's like marketing 101. But at the same time, I think where there's a huge gap is really helping people, individuals to understand like, well, what do I actually want from this business? Like, if you want to have a million dollar a month business, that's awesome. But if you're on the way there and you don't understand why you're actually doing it, guess what? You're going to feel really empty every step of the way. So I think that's what's missing is one, giving people permission to have whatever size business they want. Like if you want a 20K a month business or a 10K a month business or a $2 million a month business, that's, that's totally awesome. The clarity around that is really key. And that's why, you know, something you'll hear me say from time to time is like, I want to help business owners have a business that supports the life they want. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's perfectly um, said. And, and it really tailors into something else that I've, I've learned about you in that, um, you know, you've, you've had this, this big experience before you've overseen like 250 plus, you know, clients and stuff like that. Uh, you've, you've had that and now it's, it's totally different. So in a space where, you know, scaling is the Holy grail of successful business ownership, how challenging was it for you to, to kind of step back and buck that urge to chase numbers and team size and the lifestyle that comes with it? Yeah. Yeah. So for the most part, it hasn't been that hard in my own thing, but I, I will tell you, um, and I can backtrack too, but I will tell you just to like answer the question, you know, in August, I, I quote unquote launched like my, a, a new program uh, that's all around helping, you know, coaches uh, with how they deliver their program. Right. So creating world-class experiences. Mm-hmm. And there was an immediate kind of upswell in, in interest. And I, you know, I had a record month uh, well beyond what I was planning for. And what was interesting is after that, there was something in me that was like, well, this needs to be the new, like the new norm. And anything under that is like a quote unquote failure. Right. And so I had to like one acknowledge that and then go, wait a minute. Like why, why is that the new norm? And what is that doing to me? Because it was starting to put me in like in the not so great space. Right. So I just got back to like, the fundamentals essentially, okay, what's working? What do I actually want? You know, and, and why? 
and and just revisiting that right and and this is like a regular practice for me because i'm someone who can be like hey i want to experience challenge and growth and all of that which can sometimes lead to you know overworking and those kinds of things right um so yes it's not it's not as um prevalent i would say for me like i'm committed to i work four days a week I spend those off days with my family. Like you'll see me outside most days playing catch with a football with my, with my older boys. And, you know, and like, that's really important to me. You know, it's also important to me to connect with other entrepreneurs and to help them grow and, you know, and be a voice in our, in our space and those kinds of things. Yeah, that's great. What, um, you know, from what I can tell, uh, you're pretty proud of your schedule and, and, and that, and that balance that you've been able to strike. So it's almost as if you've tried several different iterations of a work-life balance. And, uh, before you finally arrived at this one, what's your, so you talked about your schedule. Uh, what's yeah. it like, you know, kind of like from a daily view and then, uh, you've already touched on the weekly view. How did you arrive at that current structure? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, First, you know, thankful for my wife uh, because she's <laughs> like the yin to my yang, you yeah. know. Um, uh, so when I was launching my own business back in, it was like February, March, she was like, well, what if you took Wednesdays off? And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if? And I just I just did that from day one. Um, and... Uh, and it basically was in my mind, it was like, okay, I can grow this business, but I can only grow it to the, to the point where I can do it four days a week. So I, I basically put that constraint on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, I also want to say this because there might be people listening who are uh, like, oh man, how do I do that? And I want to do that. And like one, you can totally do it. But I also think it's important to understand that I came from a company that I worked at for two years and connected with over a thousand clients in that time. So when I came out of that company, my network was like pretty significant. Okay. So you, you have to take that into account. And then I launched my own business and people had been asking me if I would coach them already. So like, that's the kind of the behind the scenes that I I think it's important because if I didn't have that network saying, well, I'm going to work four days a week and and making it work from day one, it may have been a little different trajectory. So there's that. And then the last thing I'll say on this is, and I absolutely think that us putting constraints on our time is, is really healthy, especially as business owners, because Probably most of you, if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, could do in four days a week what you're doing in five days a week. And I don't mean four 15-hour days either. <laughs> that's, that's an important caveat there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if you get – if it, and I know you've seen it. You've probably experienced it in that, you know, you, you feel this, this push, whether it be internally or externally, to be able to – to have this thing, you know, this thing that you're really proud of, you feel really good about. And there's this guilt that wants to creep in. Like if you're taking time away from it, um, yet we don't seem to like often feel that way about our families. You know, like if we're taking time away from them, they're really important. We've worked hard to build that, but we don't feel as guilty whenever we're doing those 12, 15 hour days. So how did, 
How was that experience for you? And is that also a big key as to why you decided to kind of give into that wife's suggestion of taking Wednesdays off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. Um, I don't know that I've totally gotten to the core of that because I am very much like, uh, I want my clients to be taken care of. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> now within, you know, like within reason, I'm not going to sacrifice myself. <laughs> Although there, there was a time where, I probably went too far, you know, um, just in terms of like the healthy boundaries and and things like that, even from a time perspective. Right. Um, so I, I think, you know, for some of us, it's, it's just that we're passionate about helping people. Right. And we have to watch that that passion for helping people doesn't turn into like a savior complex. Right. So if you're, if you're not familiar, there's something called um, the drama triangle. It's, it's really a fascinating study, right? But there's, you know, the persecutor, there's the savior and there's the victim. And what I find is that people who are like helpers or givers can often fall into that savior mode. So we've, we've got to just, be careful and mindful about that. And so I think like for me, having my wife around is, is super helpful because she's like the opposite of what I am in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, And so, you know, it just, but I know that and I see it. And so I take her input and I go, okay, how can I bring that into what I'm doing in a way that like, I feel aligned and, you know, and we're on the same page and all of that. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good way to, to look at it in terms of, you know, how can I, how can I accept that, that input and then find out how to make it work for me? Yeah. So that's, that's a hard thing. And it's a really hard thing. Like you said, being, being somebody that really actually cares about their clients and cares about people and wants to see them succeed. Uh, because, you know, I, I think that there's no person I'm more, uh, like invested in than a client who's decided to invest in me. And so it's really hard to turn off that, that instinct. Like when you get that notification or that alert and it's like 11 PM, you know, we should already be going to bed to like not check it and make sure you get right back to them. Yeah. 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 Totally. totally. It's hard. Um, you know, back to, back to leadership real quick and how leading others comes best from, from leading yourself. What do you think are the 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 best qualities, I don't know if that's the, the right term for it, but the best qualities to effective yeah. leadership and what are surefire signs of poor self-leadership to a team or a spouse or anybody else? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's, there's lots of different qualities, right? Um, I mean, for me, you know, integrity is number one. Mm. Um, that just leads like, that's my number one personal core value. Um, so I think that's the most important, honestly. Um, you know, from there, I think there's gotta be like a vulnerability in a strong leader. Um, there's gotta be a level of humility, you know, and vulnerability and humility, I think are very complementary, right? Like if you don't have, the the humility to be vulnerable right (laughs) you know then it's just it's just not going to work because the the best leaders i see have a strong feedback loop with you know not necessarily everybody Mm. but you know those core people around them so that they can go 
oh yeah, shit, I was off base there. I need to adjust that. Like, you know, those kinds of things. Um, So I would say those are some of the best qualities. Um, Wisdom would be another. I think, you know, wisdom comes from a combination of like self-work, understanding who you are, how you operate, what your kind of uh, weaknesses are, what your strengths are, um, but also like life experience, Mm. you know. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side of that, I mean, you know, I, I, you'll see me joke about it, but I think, you know, the, the kind of narcissistic qualities that we can see in a lot of like entrepreneurs, business owners, um, obviously, you know, that's, that's going to be a a terrible recipe for leadership, you know, um, people who can't own their mistakes or their mess ups, um, people who are really only concerned with themselves, you know, or themselves first and not others first. Um, so I, you know, I think, yeah, I, I would say it's, it's that if I were to, to sum it up. Yeah, no, those are great. Um, and you know, it's, some of it is, some of it's, I, I've noticed really challenging, uh, or sometimes even a fine line in the, the entrepreneurial space, or even if you're just like a solopreneur to avoid that, that diving too far over the line into, you know, like a narcissism type of, mm-hmm. of presentation. Um, and then also not going too deep into just like humbly trying to brag on yourself because you want your, your audience to know that you're there and you can help them in the ways that you can help them. Uh, and trying to find it from a place of integrity versus a place of uh, self-absorption. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, you know, I, this isn't, this might come across as tooting my own horn, but I, I get the feedback of a fair amount of like, Oh, you're too humble. And it's like, you know, I, I get that. And maybe more people would like be knocking down the door to work with me if I was less humble, but I'm not really willing to compromise on that. You know, quite honestly, like to me, it's not, well, let me, let me show up this way so I can grow the business. Even though that kind of goes a little bit against my core values, like just not interested in it. So my, my feeling on it is, well, like, you know, one, I've launched my business this year. It's been an amazing year blew past the outcomes that I expected for it. But it's like, okay, if I keep showing up this way and in integrity and in alignment time and time and time again, the people that I'm supposed to work with will, will be there in front of me. And obviously like, I'm not just uh, doing like the secret, you know, like I I realize I have to market and take those tangible actions, but I don't need to force it or show up in a way that's, that's out of alignment for me. Hmm. No, absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's awesome. And congrats on your year. Um, congrats on, on everything, you know, being able to, to kind of go through everything you've been through and then, and then take it to a place where now you're able to just feel really good, uh, in the morning when you wake up and when you go to bed at night about how you're showing up that day and and who you're, you're serving and your purpose and your why. I think that's huge. Um, so I wanted to, Again, for everybody out there, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to chat, share your wisdom with the rest of us. If other business owners are are sitting out there right now and they're going, man, I, I really like this Ben guy and what he's about. And it sounds like he can help empower me to create the life and business that I've always wanted for me and my clients. Should they look you up in the Empowered CEO Facebook group? 
Yeah, that's that's the best place uh, to find me. Honestly, I mean, look, you can, you're also welcome to connect with me on on Facebook directly. Um, but you know, the Empowered CEO group, uh, we talk about you know creating amazing client experiences and leadership, and you know all of those things. So that that would be a good place to go. Okay, awesome. And I'll make sure that I put that in the in the show notes so they have the the name written out there, and I'll even put the link if they want to check it out that way. Um, awesome. But yeah, man, this has been awesome. Thanks again for for coming on the podcast. And and I can't wait, honestly, to get this out there so other guys can hear it because um, I know it's going to hit home with a lot of them. Mm, yeah. And thank you for uh, thank you for the invite. You know, I'm always up for these kinds of great conversations with uh, with like minded individuals. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it. So that's it for this episode of Becoming a Better Man. If you found this episode helpful or interesting, something that you could apply to your everyday life, please post on your social media platforms what your takeaway was from this episode, as well as taking a screenshot with the tag, Becoming a Better Man, so that way we can help spread the word on Instagram and Facebook and help get more men aligned with their purpose, trying to become better every day for themselves, their communities, and their families. 